Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I used to live in St. Louis. I went to grad school at the seminary out there. I'd finished my training as a pastor here in California, and I thought, well, I'm going to be able to get a pretty good part-time gig out there in St. Louis doing some ministry stuff. It's going to be great. So I landed this job out there in St. Louis, putting my experience as a, as a DCE, a youth worker, a preacher, a worship leader, my master's in theology and culture. It all landed me a sweet ministry position, and you guessed it, landscaping, landscaping. I'm pretty sure I was the most educated landscaper in the region. You see, Since there was so much free labor over at the seminary with all those seminary students, there were no part-time ministry gigs to be had. So landscaping it was. And one of the properties I worked at was huge in California terms. There was like three acres, a house, a barn, a pond, all these wild grasses and trees. And I worked for this really nice lady. And one of her animals was a sheep, a sheep named Esau. I guess he was named Esau because he was furry. It was really only the second encounter that ever really had with a real live sheep. My first daughter was about to be born, and the owner of Esau the sheep, my boss, gave my unborn daughter a gift. He gave, she gave her her own little Esau. Esau the sheep. Here it is. We've had this thing for 13 years at our house. And my friends, this is the extent of my experience with sheep. Now, we talk about them in the church a lot. We have stuffed animals of them. We have pictures of them. We have a stained glass window of them right here. We sing songs about them. In fact, when my kids were baptized, every single one of them, we sang that awesome children's hymn, I am Jesus, little lamb, ever glad at heart I am. For my shepherd gently guides me, knows my need and well provides me, loves me every day the same, even calls me by my name. In fact, I sing that song almost every night to at least one of my kids. It's a powerful little children's hymn. In the church, we've gotten used to all this sheep and lamb and shepherd talk. But do we really understand it? Speaking of the seminary, one of the profs out there pointed out that if you type in Palestinian shepherd into an internet browser, you're going to find all sorts of stuff about real shepherds, real people that take care of real sheep. You type American shepherd or shepherds in the USA or anything like that, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff about a certain breed of dog. There's nothing about real shepherds. Our culture has no real, tangible, life experience, understanding of sheep and shepherds. And in our text today, Jesus refers to himself in two ways. He says, I am the gate. And he says, I am the good shepherd. They go together. But we're left with these images, when we hear those words, are we left with images maybe of a gate to the side yard of our house or maybe an image of something like Esau, the stuffed sheep, he's so cute and so cuddly. In many ways, this text is actually quite foreign to us. 
Most of us have never met a shepherd, never spent time with a lamb or a flock of sheep, or know anything about the daily routines of sheep and shepherds. And then you add in the fact that this text is 2,000 years old, rooted in Old Testament and Jewish political and religious culture. I mean, if we were to go to the Middle East today and spend a month with a shepherd, it would be an unprecedented experience for us. If we were to travel back in time to listen to Jesus' very words spoken in this sermon, it would be an unprecedented political, cultural, religious experience for us. So perhaps maybe this text can speak to us here and now in these unprecedented times. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to really see what is going on in John chapter 10 to really understand it. It takes some mental, emotional, spiritual work to really embrace what Jesus is saying. And I find it kind of interesting that that kind of sort of describes the times that we are in right now. We don't have much real, tangible, cultural, political, religious, life experience understanding of a pandemic. And so right now, it takes a lot more work, more emotional, mental, spiritual, relational work to embrace these times. We Lutherans might ask, what does this mean? Pastor Tim read that verse just a moment ago, John chapter 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Sheep and shepherds, they were part of everyday life in Jesus' times and in the Old Testament. Sheep need a shepherd to guide them, to lead them, to protect them. In biblical times, the job of a shepherd was tough. But we often see images like this of Jesus the good shepherd holding a cute, cuddly little lamb. It's probably not the best image of what it really actually was like. In fact, knowing about the dangers of the desert and the skills of a shepherd, that helps us to begin to see what Jesus is saying in these verses. Because even today, if you travel to the Middle East, children will tell adventure stories about the desert. Villagers uh, living along the edge of the desert, they will use it for their sheep. For half the year, since water is scarce and food is rare, dangers are everywhere. The eastern deserts of Judea have steep and eroded cliffs with a thousand feet drops in different places. The well-known Psalm 23, as we've sung today, teaches us that a good shepherd can find food, can find water, safe paths, safety from danger. Good shepherds guide and lead and protect their sheep from, from the elements, from wild animals, from thieves. When a flock of sheep is attacked, a good shepherd will put them into the sheepfold, into a sheep pen that looks like this. The shepherd would stand there in the opening as a gate, even lay down in the opening and sleep as a human gate to protect the sheep from danger, from harm. Shepherds in Jesus' day and even in the Near East today, they they lead their sheep. They don't drive the sheep with dogs, but they call out to their sheep. They even sing to their sheep. And their sheep know their shepherd's voice. They know their shepherd's call. So you can see how this term shepherd easily became a term for any human leader in the ancient Near East. 
And so this is part of the background for Jesus' words in John chapter 10. His words, they, they come right after John chapter 9 where Jesus heals a man born blind. And the Pharisees in chapter 9, they were the supposed shepherds of God's people. They were, they were not actually concerned about God's people. They were more concerned about themselves. They were concerned about religious power, political power, more so than the health and the healing of one of God's creatures, one of his sheep. They were blind to God and his work and his love for all, especially the infirm, the sick, and those that need healing. And so Jesus calls the Pharisees out on it. The Pharisees, they didn't get it. They didn't get it that Jesus was calling them out, that they were actually the thieves and the robbers, but that the sheep are those who follow Jesus like the healed blind man. Jesus, he's implying that he is the shepherd, but before he says it outright, he says those words, I am the gate, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus is saying that the only way to get into the sheep pen, the only way to find safety, the only way to get out and to find pasture is through Jesus, is through the gate, through believing in him. The Pharisees, they had kicked out this healed blind man. But Jesus brought him in, brought him into the fold, brought him into the kingdom of God, brought him into love and to life. The Pharisees only want to steal kill and destroy but Jesus wants to save all people he wants all people to have life to have it to the full and as one translation puts it to really live really live I love that not just talking about for eternity but for right now and I'm telling you that speaks to us right now because we're in a desert right now it's called a pandemic and it's covid-19 24 hours a day 7 days a week can Jesus give us life right now can we thrive in the middle of the desert it seems to me that Jesus is saying in this text yes that we can have a rich, satisfying, meaningful life, life in the fullest possible way, even now, right now. My friends, he's got the credentials to prove it far more than any politician or religious leader. Jesus didn't come to teach about abundant life. He didn't come to lecture about it. He didn't come to write a book about it or send an email about it or host a podcast or a Zoom session about it or a press conference about it or Facebook Live it. He came to Give life. And there is only one way it could be done. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus wants you to have abundant life. And he gives it to you. By laying down his abundant life. He died so that you might live. It was his plan all along. And so I want you to listen to his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. You see, Jesus, the good shepherd, not only gives his life in order that you might have life, but he takes his life up again. He rises from the dead. 
That's Easter. That's resurrection. That's why we look at this very text in this season of Easter because he rises to new life. He rises that you too may rise to eternal life in the eternal protection of the good shepherd. When we look at it that way, that's when we start to see that this imagery of the good shepherd is so rich because not only does it point to a human leader, but it points to the promised Messiah. It points to God himself. You see, in Ezekiel chapter 34, God talks about being the shepherd of Israel. And through the prophet Ezekiel, God was criticizing the leaders of Israel that should have been taking care of God's people, but instead they were only taking care of themselves. In fact, this is the reality that Jesus is addressing when he says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus said those words during the festival of Hanukkah. John 10 verse 22 says, then came the festival of dedication. That's Hanukkah. And during Hanukkah, the Jewish people would read Ezekiel chapter 34. They would be reading about shepherds. And you might be wondering, well, why? Why? Because a couple hundred years before Jesus, a lot of the Jewish people, they had compromised their faith. They had bad leaders. They had bad shepherds. It all contributed to the demise of temple worship. Greek soldiers desecrated the temple with pig's blood. They outlawed Jewish worship. They burned scrolls of scripture. They burned Bibles. They set up a pagan idol in the sanctuary, in the temple. Could you imagine how we would feel if that happened in this sanctuary here today? Judas Maccabeus led a revolt against these corrupt shepherds, captured the temple in Jerusalem in 165 B.C., and they rededicated the temple. Hanukkah means dedication. So Hanukkah was celebrated each year after that, and it became a time when the Jewish people, they asked hard questions about failed leadership and about bad shepherds. And so it's during this week that Jesus gives his Good Shepherd sermon. Synagogues were reading prophetic critiques of leadership. They were reading Ezekiel 34, written 600 years before Jesus. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not the shepherds take care of the flock? You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And then in verse 11, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he was with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. And then a few verses later, the promise of the Messiah. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. Ezekiel prophesied these words 600 years before Jesus. In the midst of Hanukkah. When the people were reading these words from Ezekiel, they were remembering the false shepherds of the past. They were remembering God's promise to shepherd Israel. And in the midst of these false shepherds called the Pharisees, Jesus stands up and says, I am the good shepherd. Not only is he saying, I'm your leader, he's saying, I'm your Messiah. And not only that, he's saying, I am God with you and I am good and I know you. 
by name. Jesus. Jesus is the only shepherd who can help you navigate the desert. He's the only one who can bring you to safety, to water, to pasture, to righteous paths, to abundant life in the midst of perilous desert cliffs. His voice. His voice is the only one that you ultimately need to listen to right now. His voice is the only one you need to give priority to right now. I hope you hear that. Because I don't know about you, but I've been hearing a lot of voices in the middle of this pandemic desert. Some of them are political leaders. Some of them are church leaders. Some of them are health experts. Some of them are sociologists. Some of them are my neighbors and my friends and my loved ones and my enemies. Some of them are ridiculous. Some of them are profound. Some of them are confusing. But I'm telling you, there are a whole lot of voices. I get at least 30 emails a day inviting me to videos and articles and Zooms and podcasts and all sorts of stuff to tell me how to be the best pastor I can right now. I'd have to give up being a pastor just to read and view all of them. Whatever industry that you're in, I'm pretty sure it's the same. And it's not just professionally, right? It's how to be a parent, how to be a spouse, how to be a citizen, how to be a neighbor. There is a cacophony of COVID-19 prophets saying, follow me. I will show you the way. I sort of hear them, but I can't keep up. From my heart to yours, there's only one voice that has spoken to the depths of me during this season. There's only one voice that has brought me deep-seated peace. There's only one voice that I trust. There's only one voice that takes me from fear to faith, from confusion to trust, from doubt to belief. Only one voice from dark to light, from isolation to community, from meaninglessness to purpose. Only one voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. My friends, listen to Jesus during this unprecedented time. Let his voice take priority in your life. Open his word. And receive life. Really live. Grow together with other believers no matter what it takes, no matter what the medium, and receive life around the word. Hear Jesus calling you by name. Just like Jesus called Simon Peter by name. After he denied Jesus, Jesus found him. Jesus pursued him. Jesus sought after him. And Jesus called him by name. And not only did he give him eternal life and abundant life and forgiveness and grace and mercy, he gave him a meaningful life here in the desert. And he said, Simon, feed my lambs. Simon, shepherd my sheep. Simon, feed my sheep. Whatever sheep he's entrusted to your care, feed them right now because that's really living. The good shepherd knows you, calls you by name, believe in him, listen to him, follow him, feed his sheep. That's the abundant life. That's life to the full. That's really living. 
And so, my friends, maybe it's not so bad to have little cute, cuddly Esau around to remind us that I am Jesus' little lamb, ever glad at heart I am. For my shepherd gently guides me, knows my need and well provides me, loves me every day the same, even calls me by my name. Amen.